And welcome to this week's edition of An Organic Conversation, a show about food, ecology, stories from the land, recipe, nature, sustainability, interconnectedness, relationships, and life itself. Let food be thy medicine, and medicine be thy food. That was spoken by Hippocrates some 2,500 years ago, and today the modern translation is something like, we are what we eat. Beyond our personal health through optimal nutrition, we have also learned that the health of a society, our health and environmental health at large, are all dependent upon the same root, on healthy, real, whole food and sustainable agriculture practices. We are what we eat as individuals and as a nation. As obesity and many other food-related illnesses are virtually affecting all of us, there's a steadfast nonprofit college that has been teaching, teaching holistic nutrition and culinary arts for 25 years, promoting healthy food as the answer to most challenges we face as a society. More needed than ever, today we are celebrating Bowman College as a leader in the field of holistic nutrition. And with us today is the executive director of Bowman College, as well as the founder and name giver of this institution. Holistic nutrition from uh, how alternative became mainstream today on An Organic Conversation. We're your hosts, Helga Helberg. Mark Mulcahy. And Sita Rani Palomar. So talking about things that we consume that affect our health and moving into things that we inhale that affect our health or just things that are in our environment. There was a very interesting article by the BBC recently that says new research may suggest a direct link between DDT, a pesticide, and its likelihood of of um, developing Alzheimer's and people who've been exposed to it later on in life. This is really big news. Now, it's not conclusive. I don't know when research findings ever really are conclusive at this point. But what they found when they did these tests is that patients who have Alzheimer's were exhibiting as much as four times more DDT in their body than people who were healthy and not suffering from Alzheimer's. So this is pretty dramatic. I mean, this is something that my understanding of it is that it was originally used to help um, keep malaria in control, but DDT has had many uses. Um, and some countries still use it, where here in the U.S. we banned it back in 1972. But it, it stays in your environment for quite a long time, and we still have foods that are coming in from other countries where they are still practicing with the use of DDT. And there's a concern. There's a concern about the environmental toxins having long-term effects on our health. And, and it's hard to get information on these studies because it does take some time in order to prove it. And this is, this is something that has been on people's radar for 30 or 40 years. And now something is coming out of it that's saying we, we need to be aware of how these things affect, affect our health. Well, you know, the interesting thing is um, this has been an area that I've been following for years and years and years. And I mean, the reason it got banned was for environmental reasons, not because of toxicity to humans. As a matter of fact, we were told that it, we, it wasn't toxic to, uh, toxic to us. And so it got banned. And you know, the whole Rachel Carson book, Silent Spring, came about. And um, but the interesting thing for me is, is if you look at the people who they studied, that whole group of baby boomers, right, who lived in neighborhoods in Ohio and all around the country where they sprayed, literally just sprayed neighborhoods with DDT and said it was completely safe and non-toxic. And these are, there's this whole group of people, these baby boomers, who are now exhibiting these Alzheimer's symptoms. And the other interesting thing about it is, is 
20 years ago, when I was first in the organic industry, is certifiers would not certify certain parts of land for certain crops. So like you couldn't grow a root crop where they spray DDPT for pears. You could still grow fruit crops, but you couldn't grow root crops in that soil. But that was because that was organic. So what if they were growing roots in that soil that weren't organic? And so it's really fascinating to me that finally, 30, 40, 50 years later, we're starting to find out that, well, there actually was an effect. And then it leads me to believe, okay, we're told every day that GMOs have no effect on us. We're told that all these other chemicals have no effect on us. Well, the reality is, is we don't know. And, or we do know. No, we're we just, do know. I was just well, 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 what I'm saying is, whether we know or yeah. we don't know, is that's a very common response to toxins that are that are released in our society, when people have when people come up and, and doubt their um, their safeness. Yeah, but it, I really think we do know. We know that um, we knew that that toxins would accumulate in the body. We knew that DDT, if it's killing everything in the wild, can't be good for humans. And it's so funny that it takes 20, 30 years later to somewhat conclusively. Maybe this study is not yet conclusive, but if there ever was conclusive research we wouldn't be able to hold those companies from back then accountable to what they did, right? Because the product is no longer on the market, banned in 1972. It's interesting, though, many countries around the world still use DDT, and there are many DDT derivatives that are actually even household articles still here in the U.S. And DDT is one of those many chemicals that has a half-life of 100 years. So whatever was put in the groundwater, we will still deal with for hundreds of years, because half-life means in 100 years the toxicity has come to half of what it was when it was originally sprayed. So, you know, if you if you maybe um, put a, a banana peel in the compost pile from a country that still uses DDT, that washes right back into the groundwater here in the U.S., and then the, circle, the cycle starts all over again. So we actually never, the moment we make it, it never disappears. And, and yes, we do know. And disheartening and great study. I'm glad this came out, but the, the debate will continue with you know, what we have now on the plate to, to deal with. It's just funny that it takes us 30 years to finally have enough arguments or studies to prove that, yeah, maybe we should be more careful with it. Fascinating. Well, thank you, Sita, for that article. Um, we should put that up on Facebook. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, we can put the link up. It was actually Mark who just, you know, who's a voracious reader and it's always put Mark. on this fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Mark is the timely one. He's <clears throat> usually bringing these suggestions for our week's review. So thank you, Mark. Yes, we'll put that up. Facebook.com forward slash an organic conversation. Always for more information and recipes and tips. Um, Facebook.com forward slash an organic conversation and also on our website and organic conversation.com. Our fairly new website still um that we launched at the end of last year. Check it out, lots of recipes and tips, beautiful blogs. Um, so we will put that DDT study up there. Thank you, Sita and Mark. And um, and Helga. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Helga. Our topic in this hour is holistic nutrition, how alternative became mainstream with the founder of Bowman College, Dr. Ed Bowman, as well as the executive director with us in the studio here today. And before we dive into that topic fully, as always, here's the update from the world of health and beauty, a.k.a. Chef Sita and her holistic bite. 
I like to talk about topics that have to do with promoting better health and also promoting better lifestyle and health for the planet. And today I want to visit something that has to do with limiting the consumption of disposable products, in particular, grocery bags. Whether it's plastic or paper, it's just so convenient to put something in a bag and then not use that bag again. And this has been a change we've been seeing, kind of a domino effect across the country, where now they are charging for grocery bags or even as far reaches away as Hawaii, they are making it prohibited to have bags in stores. You have to bring your own bags. So whether you live in one of those locations or you're just looking to make the smarter choice, I want to share some tips about how to reduce your bags when you go to the grocery store. One place where we can forget we use bags is when we go to buy bulk items. You may remember to keep your paper bags or your reusable grocery bags in your car or in your handbag, but you get to the bulk section and you don't have anything small enough to hold your legumes and your grains and your nuts and seeds. And this is a great place where cloth bags and canvas bags can be used because your bulk items oftentimes in the dry section will hold really well in these cloth and canvas bags and they are very tightly knit so you don't have to worry about those sesame seeds falling out and they're easy to just invert, dust out, clean out, wash if you need to and then take them back with you. Something else that you can do in order to remember the paper bags or the reusable bags that you take for your mass groceries, because so many of us have good intentions. We want to take bags with us and then we get to the store and lo and behold, we forgot our bags in our car or we forgot our bags in our kitchen. Some good tips to remember to take them with you are, like I mentioned before, keeping a stack in your trunk or keeping them in your handbag. Also, writing down paper bags or bring bags on the top of your grocery list. Just go ahead and put it on every loose sheet of paper you have in your kitchen so it's always there. It's the first item you need to remember before you leave the house. Another way to remember before you leave the house to take bags is think about it when it's on your mind and hang those bags, hang those paper bags on your doorknob. So as you're leaving and you run into these bags in order to open and close your door, you remember, grab these with me, take them to the store. And then another thing I also like to point out is another place we use bags are to keep our produce items fresh and crisp. Mark talks about this in What's in Season. This item you may want to keep in a bag. It'll keep it crisp. It'll keep it fresh. This is not necessary if you come up with some other creative ways to keep them fresh. And the thing that I like to do is to put those ingredients in a bowl of water and keep that in the refrigerator. Because it's kind of like when you get fresh cut flowers and you put flowers in water, but this time you're keeping it in the refrigerator and that chill and the moistness will keep it kind of kind of vibrant, kind of springy. And this is a way that you can reduce keeping plastic bags in the house just to keep the ingredients fresh. This is actually something I learned from Helga. He always makes sure to cut the bottoms of his greens before he puts them in the refrigerator and puts them in a bowl of water. He does this with celery. He does this with green onions. So it's a great way for you to find another place where you can reduce bringing bags into your house and make a good environmental choice. So that was this week's Holistic Bite. Thank you, Sita. That's Chef Sita, Sita Rani Palomar with her update from the world of health and beauty and practical tips. I now, ju- too. I tell you, and, coming, and coming from the German of the group of putting that produce in water, what a great idea. Yeah. And, you know, actually... Who was my master? Actually, <laughs> actually uh, you know, all great tips. And I carry bags in my trunk, and I bring them every time. And last night I happened to be shopping, and I was in the store and didn't have didn't any of have it. Any. And I felt naked. 
Mm. I mean, I literally was walking the store going. They told me you were. Yeah, well, that was a different I mean, you story. Seemed, That's you a seemed. different story. <laughs> and that footage on the news was not true. Um, but but really, I was grabbing paper bags, and I was, gra- and I was grabbing some plastic bags, and I was getting in, put into paper bags. And it felt really odd because I usually go pretty well prepared to the store to, for when I'm shopping. And the thing about keeping produce at home, is if you're going to consume those gro- those greens in a couple of days, if you're cutting the stems and sticking them in water, it's just like a bouquet of flowers. Those greens will hold up out on the counter for three or four days mm. if you're going to use them that quick. So you don't necessarily nice. have to have a big bunch of kale, you know, in, on the top shelf of your fridge, which might make it kind of hard to, um, you know, move I around remember. your fridge. Yeah. If you're going to use that kale in a few days, we have an example. When you guys helped me with that altar at Eco Farm, oh, that's that right. kale was was absolutely stunning. Three days later, because we kept it cut and in water, so it was staying hydrated. Even though that hall where we dis- displayed like a whole bunch of produce items um, that Mark is referring to, if that's your home and it's a little warmer now in winter, you don't think that would kind of cut the life of the kale down? Well, here's the thing. It's, you're either keeping it cool or you're keeping it hydrated. It's a plant. And so if you think about it, if you've taken and you've cut the bottom of that stem and it's in water. Three, four it, days. It's soaking fine. up water. Now, I'm not talking about weeks and weeks no, or anything like that. months and years. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm talking <laughs> about if that. you knew you were going to eat kale in three or four days, yeah. you could do that very same thing. And it would actually look great. Couldn't you imagine going to your your table and seeing a big bouquet of dinosaur kale with it some. Does. Uh, with I some, can. Yes. <laughs> well, I can. Thank you, Mark. Thank, thank you, Sita. Great. Good. We're doing something right. Um, you're listening to an organic conversation. Our topic in this hour is holistic nutrition from how alternative became mainstream. A look back at the last 25 years of Bowman College and also a look into the future of where nutrition wisdom is heading and why the health and well-being of a nation is dependent on it that and more when we come back right after the break stay tuned are you a chef have a catering business or planning a party or simply just love organic produce if you're in the san francisco bay area walk right in to earl's organic produce anyone can buy directly from us at wholesale prices you don't have to be a natural food store to enjoy the freshest and most delicious organic produce we are located on the san francisco produce market at 2101 gerald avenue We look forward to seeing you. Walk-in hours are Monday through Friday throughout the night from 10 p.m. to 10 a.m. Minimum purchase is one box or flat, cash or checks only. For more information, visit earlsorganic.com. Fry Vineyards is America's first organic winery, family-owned and operated since 1980. Dedicated to the highest levels of organic and biodynamic farming, Fry never adds synthetic sulfites or other preservatives to their wines. Fry organic and biodynamic wines include delicious Cabernet Sauvignon, Zinfandel, Syrah, Chardonnay, and Sauvignon Blanc. Fry Vineyards, Mendocino County award-winning wines without added sulfites. Available at grocery stores and online at frywine.com. That's F-R-E-Y-W-I-N-E.com. And we're back here to an organic conversation. I'm Helga Helberg. I'm Mark Mulcahy. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. Our topic in this hour is holistic nutrition, how alternative became mainstream, the importance of a healthy diet from the individual to the country. And with us are two wonderful guests from Bowman College, one of the leading culinary arts and holistic nutrition institutions in the country. Uh, The founder and president, Dr. Ed Bowman, as well as the executive director who has led this college for years and years, Karen Rothstein. Thank you both for being on the show. Our pleasure to be here. Wonderful to have you come in. Thanks for having us. 
So, Ed, you and I have been doing this for a long time. We can tell by the color of our hair. Um, <laughs> eyes, you mean? Yeah, eyes. eyes I mean, <laughs> eyes. Um, and, you know, back when I was first getting into the natural foods industry 30 years ago, I mean, uh, many, many things that are pretty much standard shopping fare right now that when people go shopping, uh, kombucha, wheatgrass, I mean, all these things were really fringe. People would walk into the stores and you could only get them at a natural food store. Or you could only, if you were reading Adele Davis when you walked in the store, it's like if you weren't in a natural food store, people just thought you were flat out weird. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, what are <laughs> so what are so what are some of the what are some of the biggest advances in holistic health since you started Bowman twenty five years ago? Well, you know, I started Bowman sixty seven years ago. That's when I was born. <laughs> so I think we got to give credit to mom and dad. And I grew up in Washington D.C., which was a multicultural area with food from everywhere. So that's great exposure to see food from all over the world and to have friends who are African and Asian and Hispanic and European. So that's a big one. Then I moved to a farm, 1970, bought a 160-acre organic farm and started growing food. So, so that's even more than 25 years ago. And then I met the old-timers. I met Bernard Jensen, personally hung out with him and learned about his bowel cleansing system. And Dr. Pavo Irola, who was a naturopath from Finland, how to get well. And are you confused? Which we all are still a bit confused. And... And Wigmore and Michio Kushi. So being a young fellow in my early 20s, I had direct contact with wisdom from all over the world. So that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And then I bought the concept of fresh, whole, natural food very early in my life. And I've stayed with it now for 45 years. So, so that's really nice. Then, of course, I've been having an organic conversation ever since. <laughs> <laughs> I've been talking to people about why are you eating all that processed packaged food and look at how you're feeling and looking. And so, yeah, in the beginning, it was a little bit uh, questionable what we were doing, but it's now not because people are feeling terrible. People are sick and tired. And we've had a renaissance now in the whole food system. It has not reached everyone. It has not reached poor people. But the idea of, of food as health supportive medicine is really crucial. And now people are starting to look at Grains, whole grains and gluten-free grains in quinoa and millet and buckwheat and amaranth. And, and those are starting to get into the vernacular. So, Karen, let me ask you, as the executive director, having held the rudder for many, many, many years, it, it, it's, a, it's a life journey for both of you. It's, it's your life's passion. Um, it's amazing to me what foods we found healthy or even acceptable that are no longer available. Um, you know, hydro, 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 <laughs> it's so bad I can't even say it. Uh, <laughs> hydrogenated oils, which are now banned from, from cafeterias and school um, cafeterias for kids and, and other products. It's, uh, again, it takes us a few years until the wisdom of a country comes through and, and turns into action or legislation, but you have seen it all. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what are for you, when you look back at the last 25 years of nutrition education and nutrition knowledge, um, the kind of the keystones of, of what, we, you know, what we were eating then that would, nobody would touch anymore and that you know, Bowman College has helped educate about? Well, I think that um, we have kind of the education that we're giving people is kind of taking a step back to the future. In other words, 
it wasn't that many generations ago that our families oh, sat yes. down to home-cooked meals um, prepared with whole foods, bought at local purveyors, and uh, grown in a healthy earth. And so, in your backyard, or in right. or in your backyard. And so, I think that's something that we have a, a, a value that we've lost a little bit more recently. And with our the education that we are. You know, give through Bowman College, and and now we're giving uh, through an organic conversation. You know, m- reaching millions. Um, I I believe that we are going to get to a universal um, un- understanding where we all can be using these foods that we you know used to use to uh, have prevention of um, these diseases and these. Uh, horrible health concerns that we're seeing. Yeah, so true. It, it almost sounds like or feels like a, a renaissance of of memory, right? We are Correct. coming back yeah. to Michael Pollan's work. Like, uh, the, Of course, the local farming movement, every person that has contributed or is part of it um, in one way or another uh, has led to remembering how things were just 60 years ago. And, um, and and the wisdom that has brought us to that place for thousands of years prior, right? Exactly. This, the, the kind of the introduction of, of chemicals and highly processed foods has really been only a generation or maybe two. Exactly. And, um, and, and you have been advocating and are teaching back to those whole foods, to the backyard garden, to, to real foods, to, um, as Mark always said, the diversity of produce and away from the standard answer, the you know, highly processed, sugar-rich, everything that the that has now even a name as the standard American diet. Um, but it does it doesn't feel like new knowledge. It oh, is no, all new, no. but it is it is as old as mankind. We actually like really. to think of ourselves as the mainstream, and everything else is alternative. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah, it just well, depends on how far back you go. That's, that's right. <laughs> well, and it's interesting too. I think that some of it came from a reductionist mentality. There was such a desire to be able to break all of the information into pieces and then put it back together in a way that was maybe more efficient mm-hmm. <laughs> or productive. So having people say we should avoid all saturated fats. This is the reason we have heart disease. So we need to get rid of the lard and the butter and the coconut oil and all of these things and. Just just eat, you know, um, un- unsaturated fats, but we want them to be solid so we can still bake with them. So let's hydrogenate them. So these things that that came out of a reductionist thinking that were considered healthy foods then, we've now found because we broke them into pieces, because we manipulated mm-hmm. them for our own ends, instead of sticking with something like lard, which is a natural saturated fat. I mean, what do you think about that? So our foods are not whole anymore. That's the whole. And that's what that's what we are are based on as whole foods and they're just broken they're not whole Mm. they're humpty dumpty so (laughs) speaking of whole foods as a curriculum right um, that is really the heartbeat of bowman college Um, can you we're almost ready for a break but i do want to get into the the program world of what bowman college of how bowman college for the last 25 years has been able to keep promoting the the whole story of food and the whole story of health. Um, can you give us a quick overview on, on what Bowman College offers right now as it has gone through the 25 years? What is the current um, different disciplines and curriculum and departments like? Right. So we offer uh, two training programs, and one is the Nutrition Consultant Training Program, uh, where we actually train people to evaluate uh 
people's diets and to be able to um, make recommendations for them to eat these kind of foods that we're talking about. And uh, part the, the first part of it is a basic um, nutrition information, and then we get into therapeutic uh, nutrition information. So really talking about those health conditions that we are, are seeing more and more of these days um, with our failing health. And um, the other part of our um, school is a natural chef training program, which Sita is quite familiar with. And um, that's a wonderful whole foods training of healthy cooking and also therapeutic cooking. So the two programs um, marry very well because one is like, well, let's say, let's tell you what are the best foods for you to eat and the other one tells you how to make those foods. And there's a great deal of crossover, which I think is really brilliant the way that, because it's so intricately linked, you can't learn about how to cook food without learning about what's great about the way you cook food and what's great about the food you're cooking with. So there's a lot of nutrition in the culinary program and vice versa. As you learn about the health properties of the foods in the nutrition program, you're getting some understanding about how to prepare them and there's some food demos and it's very, it's very crossover, very universal. That's right. Yes, um, and actually Sita, you were the program director of the culinary program and, and I graduated from Bowman College as a nutrition consultant um, ten, and I've ten been years to the ago. Campus. No, I do have time. <laughs> I'm the only person in the room who hasn't done anything. That's Mark, but we get back to that later. Holistic nutrition: How alternative became mainstream. A review of 25 years of leadership of Bowman College promoting healthy eating for the individual and the country. With us is Ed Bowman, founder and president of Bowman College, and Karen Rothstein. And um, we will be back with more in just a minute. Um, we'll take a quick break. And we're back with more. Stay tuned. Do you have a passion for healing through healthful organic food? Become an expert in nutrition, the prevention of illness, and the promotion of optimal health. The Bowman College Distance Learning Program is a convenient, self-paced program that prepares you for a successful career as a nutrition consultant in your own home, on your own time, in a way that's organic to you. Start on your path to holistic health today with the Bowman College Distance Learning Program. Find out more at bowmancollege.org. That's B-A-U-M-A-N college.org. Working from home is awesome, except when it's not... If you're working from your couch or your coffee shop, chances are you're not your most productive. For thousands of entrepreneurs, co-working is the answer. Next Space is a co-working company with offices in L.A. and the greater San Francisco Bay Area. Find an innovative workspace, a built-in community, and great networking opportunities at Next Space. Visit nextspace.us for more information. Next Space. Your best work happens here. And we are back here to an organic conversation. I'm Helga Helberg. I'm Mark Bonkehi. And I'm Sita Rani Palomar. Our topic in this hour is holistic nutrition, how alternative became mainstream. And as we've learned, actually, it has been mainstream for thousands of years. The way we are coming back to it now, we're just remembering how whole foods should taste and how to prepare them and what are they good for. With us is Dr. Ed Bowman, founder and president of Bowman College, and Karen Rothstein, the executive director, providing the leadership for years and years to make it one of the best nutrition colleges and um, offering holistic uh, culinary arts programs in the country. And speaking of culinary arts, Ed, I was wondering, you know, what is the recipe for eating for health? If you could just give us a quick overview, what's that recipe? So eating for health is a model I created 20 years ago as an alternative to the USDA for food group, my pyramid, my plate model. 
So that model is very conventional. It's very commercial. It's very driven by food industry. And unfortunately, it's harmed quite a lot of people. So eating for health is a mandala, which you'll see on the Organic Conversation website or Bowman College website that breaks food out in a circular pattern like a plate, which is visually very enhancing, showing the relationship of fats and protein and a, a group I call booster foods, which are herbs and spices and what we also call superfoods. So that's a signature of the model. And then breaking out carbohydrates into fruits and veggies and leafy veggies and unrefined starches, and then including beverages in the model. So it's a comprehensive way of looking what would provide more than 100% of the nutrients we need in a fresh, natural, and delicious way. And I think what's great about the chart that you have, which, you, which our listeners will be able to see on our website and at Bowman, is that it's really broken down really to daily servings, just the serving size of oils, protein, leafy vegetables, of what would be opt for optimum for eating for health. And it's really simple and it's really easy to read and it is visually pleasing. You want to look at it. It's, it's really a great concept. It'll grow concept. on you. It'll go right into yeah. your consciousness. And then when somebody says, here, you want some junk food? You go, I'm eating for health. No, thank you. Well, it's unique in the respect that, like you said, Mark, it is very simple. And at the same time, it's really comprehensive because the way that it's visually represented shows you all of the different foods you want to make sure to to, to um, include in your diet, how you want to combine them. And I do like what you said about Booster Foods, which is a Bowman mm -hmm. College signature, which has had a big impact on me as a, as a vegetarian and somebody who's been vegan for a lot of my life. The Booster Foods, one of the categories that Ed talks about within Booster Foods are microproteins, and it's ways that they're foods like, like algae and nutritional yeast, um, foods that have small amounts of protein, but as you combine them throughout your day and throughout your meals, you're increasing the overall amount of protein in your diet, which tends to be something that vegetarians and vegans are extra conscious about. So I really I appreciate that about the model quite a lot. I want to make two quick points. One is eating for health is the only model I've seen that incorporates all the different food beliefs and religions that are out there. So eating for health can work beautifully for a health conscious vegetarian. It can work beautifully for an omnivore. It can work beautifully for a person on a special diet because they have special needs. Then within this model, we teach diet direction, which is building balancing or cleansing. And then we teach our instructors on the chef side and the nutrition side how to advise people on how they might do a healthy cleanse. Yeah. That is a really perfect segue. None of which is, is represented in the USDA food pyramid model, which has you know gotten quite a bit of uh, criticism and flack over the years. And um, people often don't understand seeing the food pyramid is if the top is the best or the, the least to eat or what we are should be thriving towards because usually top you know gold medal Olympics, it's like that's in our... Uh, you know, perception of, of pyramids, the top is the best, and it's actually that's where the sugars are in that pyramid. So the, the USDA food pyramid is just an And they've actually copied this model. Yes. <laughs> uh, seriously, the USDA has now adopted a more circular plate-like model, yes. which I Finally. believe Bowman College has influenced because I show up at mainstream events, and I go, here's a way to look at things, and they go, good way, Ed. Yeah, yeah. much better. Well, that that's a really great segue because you brought mm -hmm. up cleansing, and this is something that I I think it's one of those things that, that Mark has brought up earlier about the fads and how people really latch on to something when everybody is doing it. And cleansing is a really interesting one of these things. And, and we 
we see juice bars showing up everywhere and everybody is doing a juice cleanse. And I think that there's something really remarkable about it. And at the same time, I do feel like there may be some essential things that we're missing by approaching it like a fad instead of approaching it like a permanent part of our lifestyle or even a comprehensive part of our lifestyle. And Karen, I know for you, the cleansing aspect of what you do at Bowman College, but also just how you feel about overall health in general has been very important. So what do you feel like is integral to cleansing that is often overlooked in popular culture? Right. Absolutely. So the approach that we take um, to cleansing is the same as the approach that we take to nutrition and health and wellness in general, which is a holistic approach. So it's not just about cleansing the body. It's encompassing the body, the mind, and the spirit. So we do uh, fasting retreats, juice fasting retreats twice a year, and we offer tools for our guests to be able to um, disconnect uh, in a way and then reconnect, disconnect from the outside influences and then reconnect with themselves. themselves. (laughs) And um, some of those tools are meditation and yoga classes and health education and, of course, the delicious um, broths and and juices, fresh organic um, broths and juices that we use um, as well. Um, But we really uh, encourage people to, like, just take a, a, a deep look inside and be able to rejuvenate from the inside out. And, well, yeah, th- that approach to holistic wellness through food, you can't create or it's almost impossible to create wellness and well-being without a proper diet. And, of course, all those parts of mind, mind body, spirit are part of that creation of holistic health, really. That's mm-hmm. what Bowman College is about. It's a holistic health college that teaches nutrition, which is one of the most critical parts on that path to well-being and health. Um Talking about nutrition, though, not everyone wants to be a professional um, in that field, even though it is interesting how nutrition has become uh, part of uh, – the nutritional aspect has become part of almost every, nu- every um, occupation or every, every area in life. Um, you know, the, the campus at large corporations offers now um, – for example, Google offers free healthy food um, 24-7 to everyone. They know that performance and satisfaction and happiness and well-being – um, all leading to job performance and uh, you know how long people stick around has an integral part of mm-hmm. uh, is an integral part of one's life and so nutrition cafeteria school lunches everything every area it seems like in society is now picking up that nutrition message so i know that Bowman college offers these professional classes but for somebody who just says i don't want to make this a career and yet i do want to dive into a certain level of, mm-hmm. um, you know, of, of, of foundation that I can then live right. off of. You do offer non-professional classes as well. Can yes, you we do. Talk about um, that? We offer a course called the Nutrition Essentials for Everyone. And we actually have that three times a year at all four of our campuses. And soon we'll have an online version of it as well. Um, And so what that is is an eight-week course, and it's basics of nutrition and how to to cook for your family. And it encompasses the cooking, the uh, nutrition, and also a little bit of um, evaluation 
uh, interaction with the with the other people in the class. It's just really an excellent uh, excellent way to really get a kickstart. And actually, a lot of the people that we do that do come to oh, Nutrition move Essentials on move on the to the professional <laughs> training courses <laughs> because great. they just can't get enough. And uh, it's only eight weeks, and it's really a fabulous course. It's yeah. the amuse bouche, right? It's mm-hmm. a little taste yes. of nutrition, yes. and then you what get it. Then mark, you get right? a taste for it. It is. It has. <laughs> Isn't it the amuse bouche for you too? Amuse bouche. Oh, and when you go to a restaurant before you get your appetizer, sometimes <laughs> the chef will send out a little taster. It's called mm-hmm. the amuse bouche. It means to please the mouth, please the tongue, please the lips, and that's kind of what this is. Because so many people, this will be their entry point. They're interested in bringing more health and nutrition into their homes, into their their lifestyle with their partner, their lifestyle for themselves, their lifestyle for their family. And once they get into it, suddenly there's a whole exciting world on the other side of these eight weeks that they can see application for at home, not necessarily even just as a profession. It's really comprehensive. That's right. The beauty is that you can feel it right right away. If you go to one of um, your your fasting retreats or take that eight-week class, I remember when I studied at Bowman College, literally within three months, my diet had changed. And I thought I was on a really good diet. And even that improvement, I could instantly feel with more energy and vitality. Yeah. It's that, just, that's it's a comment beautiful. that we actually get from, I would say, <laughs> uh, 95% of the people that come to our, our fasting retreat and our pro- and our Nutrition Essentials course. And, and the comment that, that is most commonly made, and I'll put this in uh, virtual quotes, is it changed my life. Mm-hmm. That's what people say about it. And Beautiful. Thank you for that work for 25 years in the past and 25 years coming up um, in the future. Ed Bowman joining us today here in the studio, founder and president of Bowman College, and Karen Rothstein, the executive director. More information, of course, on baumancollege.org, also a partner in our work here with an organic conversation, spreading the important word. And um, yeah, for upcoming classes, all that is on the website, right? I think right. an enrollment is coming up for that Nutrition Essential program. Um, it's, it's open right now, actually. If you're oh. interested in enrolling for April, you can Great. be a part of the Nutrition Essentials course. And I know you have a distant learning program as well for people who are not in this area. Um, so yeah, again, for more information, bowmancollege.org. Thank you for your work. Thank you for your commitment and dedication and passion to this topic. It has changed the landscape of holistic nutrition education and holistic nutrition knowledge in this country for many individuals and institutionally. And yeah, good luck for the next 25 years. Pleasure to have you Thank here. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. We'll take a quick break, and we are returning with even more fresh food. Of course, with Mark's What's in Season, an update from the world of produce, what's happening and what's ripe and what's to buy right now. That and more when we come back after the break. Stay tuned. Produce is ever-changing, seasons coming and going. At Earl's Organic, we have been sourcing solely organic produce for over 20 years. Since 1988, Earl's Organic Produce has been establishing strong relationships with growers and developing a deep understanding of the seasons, so you can offer the most delicious organic produce to your customers, staff, and clients year-round. For organic produce, visit Earl's Organic Produce at earlsorganic.com. That's earlsorganic.com. 
Are you interested in making healthy food your profession? Bowman College is a leader in the field of holistic nutrition and culinary arts. Their professional training programs prepare individuals for successful careers as nutrition consultants and natural chefs. Study at one of four locations in California and Colorado or learn from home in a self-paced mentor distance learning program. Find out more about their classes on holistic nutrition and culinary arts at bowmancollege.org. That's B-A-U-M-A-N college.org. And we are back here to an organic conversation. I'm Helga Helbert. I'm Mark Monkey. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. Holistic nutrition and how it's changing the world, how alternative became mainstream and not so alternative, perhaps always mainstream before. Um, beautiful show, and we are diving right into the world of produce. We're staying with the topic of health and healthy nutrition. Here's the update from the world of produce, from the produce doc of our own Mark Mukehi with What's in Season. People don't know that that's that's a Helga voice right there. That's not part of the recording. They, that's they an original yeehaw every a, single week. That's right. He's a boot stomping <laughs> German. German here. I can't help it. Hey, uh, <laughs> so yes, where it's time for what's in season, and you know, most of us are walking through the produce aisles, and our aisles are generally always full. And we're looking at citrus, and we're looking at tropicals, and we're looking at different things like that. And, but what I think that at least many of us don't think about is what's going on on the farm. And what's going on on the farm right now is people are thinking about summer. So all those melons that you're not even dreaming about yet, or maybe you are, or peaches, you know, there's something going on on the farm that is going to help create that crop this summer. And so I thought it'd be interesting if we got Earl on the line to kind of talk about what are farmers doing right now to make sure there's plenty of good, fresh, organic produce for us this summer when uh, we are walking through the aisles not thinking about fall. Um, so on the line, we have Earl Herrick, the voice of the San Francisco produce market from Earl's Organic Produce in San Francisco, to tell us what the heck's going on on the farm. Yeah, you know, we always talk about what they produce, but what's going on when they're not producing, right? Yeah. That's right. So, uh, you know, they're doing a lot of sleeping. No, really, they're, they're busy as heck because they're out there preparing for, for the crop that's generally dormant or in between seasons. Um, the, you know, the two main categories they're doing is repair and replant. I mean, if you take a look at them, two big subjects. Because the repair on a, on a farm can be huge. Uh, if you're looking for something like, if we're talking about something like a summer crop, they go through a, a long winter and things get broken, things get torn up, critters run, run around, all sorts of stuff. So, um, for example, a row crop um, farmer, like a 2D fruity that the, does our heirlooms, he's out there cleaning up the fields uh, uh, from anything that's left around. Well, uh, what I mean is any product that hasn't been picked uh, that's left in the ground, he obviously does that early on. Any debris, I mean, you go through a whole winter and wind's blowing, fences break down, all sorts of stuff. They're repairing uh, drip irrigation. Um, they're doing a cover crop, which obviously is very important, understanding the nutrition that you're going to need for the coming year. Which is really repairing the soil, Earl, right? I mean, Precisely. you're right. The topic of repairing is, is oh. practical and manual, but it's also, or it's tools and, and, and equipment, but it's also the soil. Absolutely. And in and, and the organic trade, of course, everything starts with that. You know, the strength and vibrancy of your soil is 
is is going to take you where you want to go. It sounds like so, an incredibly busy time because I know that this is also a very prolific time for the fruits and vegetables that are coming out of the farms while simultaneously they're mm-hmm. doing all of these reparations. They're also harvesting berries and melons and, and squashes, yeah. and it just sounds like a lot of work. Well, yeah, and some other things like, you know, they got to buy seeds. They got a crop plan. Maybe there's a you know uh, that acreage over there that didn't produce for it very well. With maybe they got something other that they're planning. Um, they may need to lease some more acreage. They got all sorts of paperwork to catch up on, city and state reporting, um, and I think they do a lot of meditating to get just get uh, prepared for the next or- season. Organic certification, right? Everything. <laughs> it's an annual inspection of every operation that wants to call itself organic. Precisely. Mandatory inspection. So, yeah, wow. Yeah. And here in California, Earl, you know, mm-hmm. we are experiencing a drought for our third year. Very true. Um, and so that right now would be on the minds of farmers who are planning for the summer too, right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, many of them, uh, I mean, months ago, they they were taking a look at the uh, practicality of, uh, of more wells on their land. They're getting uh, government grants. They're uh, uh, doing mulching. They're putting down wood chips. Um, I made a note here to remind myself. Now, this is interesting. A citrus grower, my Satsuma guy, Rich Ferreira, he's in this program where he gets wood chips, which uh, keeps the soil cooler because, remember, his crop's in the winter, so he's going to go through a spring and a summer. So he puts down wood chips to keep the soil cooler to maintain and also to maintain moisture. And and Earl, one of the things about that that you're that you're talking about is now that he's preparing for a crop that he's going to harvest next winter, Precisely. and that and that still needs water because yep. even though the trees go dormant, you know, at a certain time of year, he needs to make sure that they're properly taken care of. And there are some crops like melons and celery mm-hmm. and different things that are very high water uh, feeders and mm-hmm. nitrogen feeders that people are going to have to consider what they're going to do, right? Absolutely. Uh, many of them obviously have already made that decision whether they're, uh, they're, they don't have enough water uh, or some, and sometimes that's a monetary issue because they've got to buy water. So they're, they say they have 120 acres, maybe they're only planning 80 this year. So that could they, they that don't could, have enough money to get that last forty acres, and that could affect the price of summer summer staples like melons and things like that that we're used to and usually wait for the the price to get low. But the reality mm-hmm. is they may not this mm-hmm. year. Yeah, it's so I, funny. I, the The picture of the farmer from many people is you know you have a piece of land you plant you harvest and that's pretty much the cycle and easy. Yeah, <laughs> well, easy or not, but it, the, the the work around it, the work to support all this, which includes you, Earl, as a trusted partner for also 25 years. We celebrated Bowman College today here on the show, which has been a leader in nutrition education for 25 years in this country and actually at the exact same time. Um, Earl's Organic has been around and has been a trusted partner for these farmers to make the the sale a little bit easier and to make it a little bit easier for for retail stores to feature that produce so that we can enjoy it. It's just amazing what's going on behind the scenes of every single apple and walnut and date that we are eating. Well, and you know, world of work on every level and you know, miles and sweat and labor and money and money lost and all that to bring you that one walnut. It's just, it's amazing. Well, thank, and, thank you. Thank and, you for and that. You're right. You're right on track, Helga, because, you know, Earl was talking about that um, there's a whole thing about payment 
because th- during certain times of the year when farmers right. aren't producing and they're getting ready, they're not getting paid. Yeah, and they have expenses. And they have expenses. And so, Earl, what do you do t- for some of your farm partners? Can you just quickly yeah. let us know how you handle that for some of your farm partners you work with? Yeah, the, the, the partners that we work with, um, what we recognize that, absolutely. And, and, and it's been a process of learning and, and really getting the romance out of, <laughs> out of the re- and getting real with it. And, and when, that first, when I buy that first crop, say, of peaches, when I get, get that first pallet, which is 80 cases, I pay him immediately because he's been incurring cost the entire winter of pruning, uh, composting, mulching, feeding the soil, boosting the soil, um, putting down cover crops. So I pay him immediately. And so for the first probably month, I'm paying him constantly every time. Now, every time I get a shipment now, on, on in other relationships, I don't have, I don't particularly do this, but it's not uncommon to some people actually front the money to um, to get some things going. Mm-hmm. So there's all sorts of relationships to do, but it's it's very important to, to take care of that farmer. Yes, because if you don't, we know what we're going to get. Mm-hmm. Yes, and then that means no nutrition. That means um, you know no health. So yeah. the circle cycle closes. Thank you, Earl. Wonderful. Uh, my my pleasure. It's. Uh, you know, it's great to remind ourselves of everything that's going on to, to get to that, to get the food to our table. No, absolutely. Kidding. Yes. Thanks so much, <laughs> Thank Earl. You, Earl. Really Love appreciate you. your call. Talk to you, Talk to you next week. Bye. Yeah, bye now. I wow. want to find a T-shirt that says, have you thanked your farmer today? I've, I've seen there it, actually. One. I'm yeah. sure there the is. Yeah. You just yeah. don't have it yet. Mark I just Ward. don't, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> well, before we wrap up, it's been a rich hour, but Helga, <laughs> you add a little more richness with your organic moment. What do you have for us today? Oh, oh it's a really short one, but it's so um, it, it's so part of the entire conversation because what's literally the underlying thing that holds it all together, Earl's great work with farmers, the, all the work that farmers put into their operation to bring us their harvest, and then taking all that wisdom and knowledge through um, Bowman College <clears throat> to to make it applicable and and a real health and well-being movement, again, for us as individuals as well as a nation, um, it all comes back and down to soil. So, yeah, here's my organic moment. That's my weekly review of what inspired me. And of course, it's always produce. But no, in this week, it's soil. It's a quote by Wendell Berry. The soil is the great connector of lives, the source and destination for all. It is the healer and restorer and resurrector by which disease passes into health, age into youth, death into life. Without proper care for it, we can have no community because without proper care of it, we can have no life. Wendell Berry, The Unsettling of America. I I love that community is such a part of that message there because it, it goes back to something that Karen said earlier in the show, which is this this returning <laughs> back to the future, this uh, returning of these ideals of sitting down and having food with your family or with your friends about community. When you build community, you have respect for the entire life cycle of something. You remember not just the community that sits at your table and has food with you, but the community that produced your food and then the the community in the soil the microbes everything everything that creates an environment for food to happen it gives you an opportunity to take better care to have more gratitude i think you have yeah and we and it lets us uh, remember because we as we said in the beginning of the show we always knew 
we've always known, right back to the DDT debate. So, yeah, full circle, literally. <laughs> Thank you, Sita. Mark, any words of wisdom? <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to just uh, say I wanted to say thank you to Ed and uh, Karen. And um, Ed, one last little pearl of wisdom before we go out of here. Well, we are the future. And the young kids are counting on us. And the old people are counting on us. And then the people in the middle will get it from the young kids and the old people <laughs> about let's eat well, let's be well, let's celebrate, and let's keep life going. Perfect. That's Beautiful. Perfect. Thank, thank you, you both. Ed. Thank you, Karen. Really wonderful to have you. That was this week's edition of An Organic Conversation. We'll see you next week. An Organic Conversation is a proud production of the Organic Media Network. Associate producer, Kristen Ponger. If you miss parts of this show or for any other episode, go to iTunes or anorganicconversation.com. And for more information, health tips, recipes, and your daily dose of inspiration, please follow us on facebook.com forward slash anorganicconversation. We're your hosts, Helga Helberg, Mark Mulcahy, and Sita Rani Palomar. And we'll be back right here, same place, same time, next week. See you then. Bye.